Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Betfair Trading Community with me your host Martin. Um, I'm so glad you've been enjoying all of the recent episodes. We're actually upping our content so we're trying to do more than one a week at the moment. I've actually got a really really exciting podcast coming on Tuesday. I release it obviously as a podcast but it's actually going live as well. Um, so I'll be on YouTube at 10.30. got a really special guest not actually to do with trading, so I think it's going to be really interesting that I'm basically getting another opinion from the sports world, um, ask him a little bit about what we do and things like that, um, and get his opinions on sports and statistics and all the things we use, because I thought it would be really interesting to have an outsider's point of view, right? Um, and I'm going to try and do more interviews and things like that on the podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know and I'll make sure I do that. Also, if you're a member and you want to be on the podcast, I'm very happy to have you as a guest. And I'd like to do some guest podcasts with members. So if that's something you're interested in, just get in touch. Obviously, you'll be on the forum if you're a member. So just message me on there um, in the private messages and uh, we'll get something sorted. Um, so yeah, today I'm going to talk about the outright markets and why the outright markets excite me so much, why I love trading on them and basically why they work for me, why I've had success with them. And this all comes from an email I got this week um, and the person who emailed me, thanks for the email John, um, he emailed me and said, Martin, how is it that you were able to pick you know, all four basically semi-finalists in the NFL this year, how did you get all of the championship games right? You know, and then he said to me, Martin, I looked at your Milan and Juventus um, outright suggestions the other day, and they really good. The odds have been slashed since. Why is it that you're able to do this? Um, you picked Max Verstappen at the start of this season for the F1, and already his odds have come in loads. Well, there's a really simple answer to this, and this is why I thought I'd do a podcast on it. And it is this. Literally all I do is look for and find value in these markets. The truth is, I don't know that all four of my picks in the NFL are going to make the final four. I just know that all four of the picks at the time I made them were value picks. And the thing is, if you're attacking value, if you're getting value on a constant basis, you will beat the odds. You know, luck gets factored out over time. That's just a statistical fact, essentially. And I think sometimes people fail to realise or think about that fully. You know, it's all well and good pink, picking who you think will win an event or win a match, right? And if you're Mystic Meg, that's great. But the truth is, actually, if you always just pick who you think is going to win, well, they'll win sometimes. But the problem is, you haven't, you're not picking based on value. You're not picking based on odds. You're just picking on what you think will happen. Because So it would have been really easy for me to say, right, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And the odds are really short on that happening. I could have done that as we got to like the last few games, right? The reason I didn't do that was very, very simple. It's that the odds weren't good enough, yeah? I can tell you Man City are going to win the title one year, 
But if your odds are ridiculously short, then what's the point? The thing about outrights markets is the first kind of rule of them is you want to be getting something that's quite a big price. You're not going to see me tipping things in the outright markets, you know, not very often anyway, at odds on or anything like that. You know, usually I'm going for three to one plus, quite often really big. I think, was it the Bengals? When I picked them, they're about 29 or something, or San Francisco 49ers. One of them was 21 on Betfred and one was 29. They both made the championship games. Um, the only team actually that didn't make the championship games, the Buffalo Bills, were really unlucky not to beat the Chiefs. And so, actually, I was very I didn't quite get all four, actually. So, actually, on that email, I didn't quite get all four. But I got, I got three of the four, and I obviously got both the teams that made it to the Super Bowl. And we made a really, really good profit. Anyone who followed my NFL outright bets made a very, very good profit this year. But the thing is, I wasn't picking based on what I thought was most likely to happen. I was picking based on what I thought was value. Now, the next question, obviously, is, well, Martin, you know, what are the first steps? How do I go about determining value? And the answer to that is very, very straightforward. In an outright market, there's, there tends to be quite a few selections, right? And that's why we get good odds, okay? If you're picking the next winner of the NFL, there's 32 teams. And realistically, as we've seen, any of those 32 teams could do something could go and win it. It's not like the Premier League where you look at it and you go, well, really it's going to be one of the big clubs who wins it. The NFL isn't really like that. Um, American sports don't tend to be like that. But there's obviously other events, like say the World Cup. The World Cup in football, well, if you think about who's won it, you know, certainly since I've been watching it properly, um, Brazil have won it, I think, twice. I think France have won it twice. Germany have won it. Um, you know, lots of different teams have won the World Cup. Something. Same with the Euros, right? The Euros actually even more. We've even had teams like Greece win it. Obviously, Portugal won it recently. Um, France won it. Italy. So lots of teams that have won these events. And they're still big clubs, but the thing is, what, what tends to happen is because there's so many of them, you often end up getting value because if you can pick the selection that's likely to do well and the bookies have, have missed a step on or the bookies are underestimating, that's really the way to find value in an outright market and that's the place to start. So what I want you to think about is when there's... So I'll give you an example, right? The Cincinnati Bengals. I think they were 21 at least, maybe even higher. They might have been the ones that were like 29. But let's say they were 21 on Betfair. If they win one in 20 times, I would make a profit. So if they would have won the Super Bowl one in 20 times from the start of the playoffs. Bear in mind, this was from the start of the playoffs. So I'm not talking about from the start of the season. I backed these two teams at the start of the playoffs. Yes, if they play these... 20 times they would win at least once and we actually saw them get very close to winning they were leading quite late on in the Super Bowl okay so at that point they were probably trading at odds on or you know around evens 
Imagine if you had a trade that went from 21 to evens. How much profit you'd make. Imagine it. it it's huge. Go and do it. Go and do it now. I'm not even going to do it for you. Go and do it yourselves. Put a £100 stake in. Put 21 as the odds. Then put evens as the lay price. And find out how much money you would make, hypothetically, in that scenario. Okay? That's how much money you could have made from an outright pick that didn't win, that didn't win. Because it's not all about winning. This is sometimes where people get lost in trading. They're like, well, of course I'm gonna back Man United at, you know, at home to Bolton or whatever. Well, that's, yeah, they should win, but if they're trading at 1.1, are you gonna back that? You're gonna lump all your money on that? You know, realistically, in the long term, are you even going to make a profit on that? No. Statistically, these big teams don't win all the time. And that's the beauty of sport. Because if they did, there wouldn't be betting. It wouldn't exist. Because you need an, a level of unpredictability for bookmakers to still offer odds. And we're very fortunate. You know, it's funny because on this podcast, I'm often talking about that punter who goes into Betfred on a Saturday and puts his money for the week on a horse because he likes the name of it or he likes the colours it's wearing and I, I kind of take the mick out of it a bit because as a, as someone who fundamentally makes their money out of this to me it's crazy for someone to go and do something without a sound reasoning to doing it but we should be thankful because it's people like that that help give us decent odds that help keep things afloat if everyone wasn't piling on favourites all the time I wouldn't have got 21 or 29 on the Bengals and the 49ers this year. I wouldn't have got those huge price moves because people would have been betting more realistically and they would have been closer to the 10.0 mark that they should have been. Okay, But that's what you have to take advantage of. And it's been the same with this Juventus and AC Milan trade. Now, if I had to pick one last week who was going to win the Serie A, I think I might have picked AC Milan, just, but also might have picked Inter. And still, I might pick Inter. But the problem is, Inter are odds on. AC Milan were 5-1. to one. Well, that was that's crazy. I mean, you look at it now. AC are five points, I think five points clear. Inter have two games in hand. There's not many games left. And as we've seen with the Premier League this year... Games in hand don't mean automatic victories just because you're near the top. You know, the reason Man United still have a out, very outside chance of top four, and I, I don't necessarily think they're going to get top four, but they've still got a chance, is because whilst Arsenal are well favourites, they've got to win these games in hand. You know, a draw and a couple of defeats, and suddenly you've only got two points from three games. Suddenly three games in hand has accounted for nothing, right? I'd rather be the AC Milan with a five-point lead than the team with two games in hand that are five points behind. Because if they don't win those two games in hand, they're in real trouble. And I think there's only something like nine games left after that. And you can still chase it down, but you're not, you know, Inter aren't playing AC. AC just beat Inter and Napoli away. And I say away with those kind of, you know, brackets that you do with your fingers because basically... Inter versus AC there's no away team in that game really is there they both play at that stadium as their home stadium but the thing is the market just doesn't respect these things particularly it just gets an idea in its head of who's going to win and that's the end of it and it won't hear reason you know and that's the reason you can find value in outrights markets 
if you know what you're doing, if you know your sport, the first place you want to go and the first thing you really want to think about, and it's really easy, is to think, how many times would this win? If this, if this happened 10 times, how often would they win? If this happened 20 times, how often would they win? If this happened 30 times, you know, how often would they win? And then we work that out. We work out the percentages. Then we look at the odds and go, well, we think this is going to win a lot more often than the odds suggest. For example, Max Verstappen, right? He's just won the F1 Drivers' Championship. Somehow he's trading at odds of 4.5. And everyone's going, you know, and sometimes you've got to kind of ignore the media because everyone in the media is going, oh, well, of course it'll be a letdown year for Red Bull. They've just won a title. Is that really a trend we've seen in Formula One? Because my memory of Formula One is once someone wins a title, they quite often go on a run. And there's certainly a good chance of it. Think Schumacher. Think Vettel. Think Hamilton. Think Alonso, who won two titles. You know, when you win a title, you're going to be half decent next year. Look, I don't know if Verstappen's going to win it. I'm, again, I'm not Mystic Mick. What I did know was that 4.5 was too big a price in what last season was a two-horse race. And people go, well, they've had to change the X, Y, and Z. Well, of course they have. But the thing is, in Formula 1, teams are changing things all the time. Red Bull have been one of the top two or three teams since they've joined F1, pretty much, you know, after they started and just found their feet in it properly. So what's really to, you know, what is there really to expect them not to not to challenge this year. It was, to me, it's crazy. And the thing is, what you have to think about as well is Verstappen's got no competition with his own team, which I knew Hamilton's got a little bit with George Russell. I do think he'll win out in the end, but I don't think... I don't know. We don't know yet whether George Russell will just step aside for Hamilton, do we? The way Bottas did. I, I don't know if he's that type of guy. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Right? But the thing is... I can already trade out for a really good profit on that. <laughs> That's why someone emailed me. They're like, you know, I've made money on this just because of testing. How crazy is that? I mean, how much do we really know from testing? I don't know. A lot of things with odds, uh, stuff like that, is determined by the media. It's the same with the NFL. How on earth would a Cincinnati Bengals such big odds to win the Super Bowl coming into the playoffs? I just watched them beat the Kansas City Chiefs, outpunched them. And then they went and did it again in the playoffs. And everyone was stunned. And, and I'm just like, you've literally seen this exact same thing a couple of weeks ago. And now you're stunned. Just continually this stuff happens. The media, and I don't know what it is, public perception just gets so attached to a team that they can't let go. You know, it, do, it doesn't happen so much now. But for years after Fergie left Man United, there was a lot of money to be made betting against Man United because basically the markets would refuse to accept they weren't these this massive, we're going to win the Premier League every couple of years kind of team anymore. And that they were struggling to find their feet. And it, took, it takes the markets a long time to realise things. It's funny because once they realise stuff, they tend to go overboard. You know, so... If Man United ever did come back in a big way, they would start getting really, really crazy short odds again because the market just wants to jump on top of the big teams. And, you know, we know that markets move because of the way punters bet. 
And if punters are backing and backing favourites, then the prices on the other contestants goes out and drifts. And that's where we find value. Um, you know, 18 to 1 on Juventus. I don't think Juventus will win the Syria, but I think as a kind of almost insurance to the AC Milan one that I've had, I thought, well, there's no value in Inter, their odds on. Napoli, I'm really worried because they've not really done this for so long. And they always seem to be the bridesmaid, never the bride. But the market doesn't seem to think this way. And Juventus, a team like Juventus, who've won it nine times before last season, now they haven't been great. And since that 18-1, to 1, they've won two games. Who's to say they won't win the rest of their games? And that could be enough to win the Serie A. Do I think they'll win it? No. That's a concept you have to get your head around as a trader. Being able to enter a trade knowing full well you don't expect that selection to actually win the event. But knowing that there's a hell of a good chance the price on now the price on Inter's come in loads or uh, Juventus and Milan has come in. Problem on Betfair is the liquidity is a mess. Um but yeah I mean even when I was I tipped to eighteen to one, I think you could lay Juventus at thirteen point five on Betfair at the same time. So it's actually an ARB situation. I was just sitting and watching. You know, this, this is the funny thing. So you, you can find value in outright markets. And think about it. When you're, what I like to do is I like to think about who's the strongest team. Who's, you know, if I'm thinking about football or the NFL, I like to think who's got the best quarterback? Who's got the best players around them? Who's got the best defence? All these things. And you put that stuff together and you work out who are the really strong looking teams. And the thing in football is, in general, those teams do well. There's one missing ingredient that I'll share with you that a lot of people overlook before I finish this podcast. And this really is a little bit of key secret information here. Think about how a team gels together. That should be one of your most important factors. Because, And I'll give you the perfect example from this week. Paris Saint-Germain... Should, win, should have won the Champions League this year at a canter. Maybe playing Bayern in the final, maybe it's, I don't know, 2-1. Two, two, maybe it'll be a little bit closer against Bayern. Look at the players Paris Saint-Germain have. Their whole starting 11 are, are borderline or world-class players. Right? I watched a lot of Inter Milan. Hakimi is an incredible, incredible talent. He's massively missed. Messi, a lot of people say he's the best player of all time. Neymar, Mbappe. Look at that midfield, Verratti. How in the hell does that team lose to what is, what is essentially, let's be honest, an average Real Madrid team? This is not the Real Madrid team that won three Champions Leagues in a row recently. It is not even close. Still got some good players, but it's not that team. How a team gels, how a team plays together matters so much in team sports. And I think it's the most overlooked stat thing, whatever, that anyone ever looks at. Okay? Man United. Look at their team. Look at their players. 
they should be top four easily. Compare it to Arsenal. If you sold every player at Arsenal and every player at Man United, how much more money would Man United make? Just think about that for a second. It wouldn't even be close. I wouldn't be surprised they got double the money for that squad, if not more. And yet, Arsenal should, unless they really mess up, they should make top four ahead of Man United. Leicester, when they won the title. People said oh, it's unthinkable. How, how in the hell could this happen? Actually, one thought I always had before Leicester won the title was, why don't some of these more middling clubs, you know, push for titles more often? Why don't they win more than they do? Why is it generally the bigger clubs win? You know, because getting good players is a bit of a lottery. Getting players to gel at clubs and fit in. I mean, Ronaldo at United is a great example of that. It can be a real lottery. It can seem like a home run. And then, you know, how much criticism has Ronaldo had this season, despite being the top scorer for Man United, saying he doesn't gel with the team and, you know, all that stuff. It really matters. That Leicester team had an incredible team spirit. The Cincinnati Bengals have an incredible team spirit, right? That's how a lot of these teams are doing well. What does Klopp and Guardiola do, really, that's that much better than Man United? For me, it's that team spirit. All I'm ever hearing about Man United is dysfunction, players not happy, um, prima donna type behaviour. I never hear about that at Man City. I never hear about that at Liverpool because their managers have created the right culture. Now I can go into a debate about culture and all this stuff. This, these intangibles aren't visible in the same way that shots on target or things like that are in statistic terms. But we all know about them and we need to pay a greater focus to them. Okay guys, hopefully that's given you a really good starting point for betting on the outright markets. There can be some huge value because of the huge prices. Honestly, it just takes a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of research and you can start to make money on them. If you need any help, as ever, just give me a bell. And remember to keep listening to Betfair Trading Communities podcasts. Got a really exciting one coming up on Tuesday, live on YouTube at 10.30am UK time. Make sure you watch that. It'll be repeated, you know, it'll be on the channel uploaded after that. So don't worry if you're at work. But, you know, obviously if it's live, you can make some comments and we can actually chat with you a bit as well. Um, so hopefully see a, see a few of you there. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast, guys, and I'll be back with another one soon.